Hey guys, this is Emily. And this is Ashley. And you are listening to Full Body Frights. Tonight we're going to be talking about the unsolved abduction slash disappearance of Angela Hammond and the 1983 movie Sleepaway Camp. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's get it going. So first we'll be talking with our friend Elizabeth Wright, true crime aficionado, about the unsolved disappearance of Angela Hammond. And here we go. Okay, so today we're going to talk about the abduction of Angela Hammond in... 1991 April 4th and today we have a guest her name is Elizabeth Wright and she's another true crime junkie so hello hello okay so I'm just going to quickly go over the summary and then we'll go into the details of the abduction so Angela was 19 years old when she met her boyfriend Rob Schaefer in November of 1990 and then in January of 91 she became pregnant and they got engaged And on the night of the abduction, which was on April 4th, so she would have been probably about, what is that, four months pregnant? Mm -hmm. She had gone to a family barbecue with with her boyfriend, Rob, at her mom's. And they headed home around 9 o'clock because Rob had to be at his mom's by 10 o'clock to babysit his younger brother. And they made plans to meet in town once his mom returned a few hours later. So that would have been really late. But um, she so she dropped him off at his mom's house and then she went to hang out with her best friend and cruise downtown square. So that was at 10 o'clock. And then at 1115, she left her friend and stopped at a payphone outside of a food barn. Uh, <laughs> it was a it was like a block of payphones. So there was more than one there uh, because she didn't have a phone at her house. And she wanted to call Rob and let him know that she was going to go home. And I guess instead of meeting out like they had discussed, Uh, they talked for about 30 to 45 minutes. And then she started talking about this older green Ford F-150 that was circling the parking lot. And the guy was the guy inside was scruffy and bearded. I don't really know how much she knew or how much. This is coming from Rob later, but um, eventually the driver stopped and got out. He went over to an unoccupied phone booth, returned to the truck, grabbed a flashlight and waved it around as if he was searching for something. So then Angela asked him if he needed to use the phone. All of this, Rob is on the phone and he's hearing all of this happen. And he Rob heard her scream and then he heard the man say that he didn't need to use the phone anyway. And he heard the phone, I guess, slam against something and then it went dead. So this phone booth was apparently about seven blocks away from where Rob was. And he immediately like threw the phone down, got into his truck, left his little brother there, by the way, and drove um, to the phone booth. Or he was driving on his way there and he passed a green truck like she had described and he heard uh, Angela yell Robbie. So he threw his car into reverse, turned the car around and started following. Um, He noticed the car had a trout or some kind of fish jumping out of water on the back. So one mile into the chase, the truck made a sharp right turn and Rob's transmission died in the middle of the road because of the hard, I guess when he threw it into reverse. So he was suspect. Oh, oh, also, he saw her like fighting with the guy in the car. And he also said that he was filthy, bearded, mustache, hat, glasses. Um, And then he said there was like an X and a Y on the license plate Um, and that there was damage to the front fender. So he got out to walk. I don't know where he was walking, walk home. And a someone picked him up and took him to the police station around midnight where he gave his, he told them what happened. At first he was a suspect. 
they decided that he wasn't after he took a polygraph and passed it and that his car was broken down in the road where he said it was. And they didn't think the timeline added up because he had like come to the station around midnight. So the timeline they thought was okay. So what do you think so far about what, what's going on or do you have anything to add? Uh, So, so far, I think, I mean, this case just creeps me out because uh, I always am intrigued when there's such a close call, you know, to somebody either avoiding some kind of dangerous scenario or being able to be rescued. So the thing that jumps out to me is how Rob supposedly, you know, was so close to the payphone and was able to get there so quickly that he passed the truck, you know, on the road and that somehow the window was rolled down and she was able to yell out, Robbie, as he drove by. Um, it's just such a close call. And so I can't imagine how she felt that, oh, he's here, I'm going to get rescued and how he felt when his car malfunctioned and she, you know, drove away never to be seen again. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever heard of a case where this has happened like this close of, you know, where someone actually is like in chase of, of whatever. Mm-hmm. So that it's suspect, but I mean, they cleared him super fast. So it's especially like in the unsolved mysteries, it's like not even a question. He's not, there's no way he's involved. I, I don't know. I think uh, there's a lot of weird, I I don't, I don't know. I don't think he was involved really, Mm -hmm. but maybe I was just taught that from unsolved mysteries because they really don't think he's has anything to do with it. Yeah. The other thing that jumps out to me about that is just, you know, I think about how in so many of these like unsolved mysteries and cases, especially when they happen in such small towns. I mean, it's like a tiny town. In yeah, Missouri. I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, really, really small. Yeah. So these cases, this is like really unusual and they're not used to dealing with murders and abductions. And, um, you know, uh, so I always think like the fact that this guy's truck was so distinctive. I mean, we know that there was a dent in the fender. We know exactly the make and model and the year and the color. We know what the mural on the back looked like and the kind of fish that it was. And apparently the, the um, composite sketch of the suspect didn't actually match any of the descriptions that were given. Like everybody said he was filthy and bearded and the composite yep. sketch, he doesn't have a beard, you know? I know. I thought that was weird too, because this and, and I don't know if this is him being suspicious or if it's how they told how people tell the story, but I don't know if a- Angela or Angie, as they called her, I don't know if she was really giving that much description or if that came more from him later, you know, like when he mm-hmm. was telling the police about the car, like and about the man. I, I don't I don't know if because I, I just don't hear her like apparently she's talking the whole like they talked for 30 minutes. There was there had to be a while that this guy got out of the car. He was driving around the lot. He got out of the car. He got back in the car. To get a flashlight, he comes back out like she, she had a, a she's just going to talk to him this whole time and he's not going to like. I don't know. I feel like I would be like, go, like leave, (laughs) you know, something. I mean, like just get off the phone and come over if you want to talk to me. (laughs) Yeah. Or if he was that close, he could have gotten in the car with his little brother and just come. If she was worried already, she's apparently on the phone with him in the, in the food barn parking lot telling him there's a creepy truck driving around in circles and it's freaking me out, you know? Yeah. And and the guy's gotten out and gotten back in. He went over to fake use the phone. Yeah. And so she's described the truck to Rob because that freaked her out. Then when she sees the man, she's even more freaked out. And then Rob supposedly is like, describe him to me. So she describes him in great detail. You know, it's like, if you're that scared, I just feel like Rob could have gotten in the car and just come there, you know, or she, you know, maybe she could have left. I don't know where her car was in relationship to the I feel like it would have been close. I I don't know either, but I feel like you don't, I mean, you're not going to park I, I just don't feel like you're going to park forever away from a payphone, but maybe I'm, I don't, maybe I'm True. wrong. Also, sense. if he's babysitting his brother, like I could see that as a reason he doesn't want to leave initially, uh-huh. but he really didn't have an, I mean, I know that he was, it, you know, he was scared and like, you know, here's that. And that's 
I guess maybe you don't think it's going to happen to you. And then he hears her screaming. So he just like goes into adrenaline mode and gets in his car. But he kind of just left his brother there, which I thought was like, <laughs> well, I mean, if you were that concerned, like if you had to babysitting or that concerned, you're just going to like leave him there. But OK, like whatever. I mean, just put him in the car and take him with you. I, I just don't. Yeah, it's like seven blocks. I don't. I don't understand why she I don't I guess I don't understand using a payphone anyway, but I mean, why couldn't yeah. she just go over there? I just I don't understand. Yeah, that was another strange detail for me was that she was so close to where Rob was. And yeah, they were already supposed to meet up. And instead of going just to where he was because uh, she was tired and wanted to go home. I get that. But it's like, yeah, she stopped and made a phone call instead of just going to see him. There's a lot of weird little you know, near misses. Yeah. In this I kind of wonder if she, they were in a fight and he never wanted to say that. Mm. Cause I mean, that's just speculation, but I think in my head, that's, I always thought that they were in a fight, but that might be another story. I was getting it confused with. Yeah. Um, but it also reminds me of before I go into like the theories, the, what, like that, you know, they never found this car and there were apparently about 1600 cars that matched that description in, and around the area because uh, they, they went to nearby counties. But like, remember that li- like little mi- Pensatusky or, or no little miss. It was the little miss case where the girl had the little miss on her license plate and they finally found her killer. And he, but he had like, I think he dug in his backyard and cemented the, her car into his backyard, like wow. dug dug it up and put it in there. So I was like, well, maybe, I mean, he could do something like that. Um, but when I was reading about it, I also saw that, so they immediately suspect Rob, but he's cleared. But I think a lot of that is because their families were close and their family, her family was like, he would never do that. So they Mm -hmm. were just like, okay, but she had an ex 17 year old Bill Barker. And there were rumors that he was the father of Angela's baby, but that was just rumors in town. But he denied it, and then he was cleared. And that's all I saw about it. Yeah, I haven't seen any more detail about that. No, I mean, it's just like, well, I mean, okay. So you're just, whatever. Yeah, good theory. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you look more into that? I mean, I know it's just a rumor, but. Well, I guess if she already said she was, she didn't know who this car was. She didn't know this guy. She was scared. Then it would have to be like somebody that the ex had like, you know, been working with to lure her or something. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. well, yeah. So I guess they got two. They got 250 volunteers to go through water wells, creek beds, country roads, barns, woods, fields, and abandoned buildings. And then 11 days later, they contacted the rural crime scene squad, which is, and then 25 officers from 15 neighboring counties helped, as well as the Missouri Highway Patrol. And that's when I guess they got the potential pickups, but they didn't talk any more about what, I mean, that is a lot of, a lot of trucks. So I don't, I don't, but it seems like if it's the, the fish on the back, I don't know. Like, I guess you can get rid of the fish on the back. I don't really know about Probably, that. Probably, yeah. So then they started to think that it might be connected to. Uh, these two similar disappearances within an 80 mile radius 43-year-old Trudy Darby and what was the other girl's name? Um, I can't remember her name. <laughs> uh, Jesse? No, that was the guy that they thought might have. Jesse Rush was the suspect in Trudy Yeah, Darby. Jesse Rush was the suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the the woman, she's she's terrifying looking. Um. <laughs> She the the third the third woman. I mean, sorry to say, but she is like really really scary looking. Um, I'm not Cheryl familiar Kinney, with that. Cheryl Kinney. Okay. Yeah. Um. And they were both so Trudy and Cheryl Kinney were both abducted from convenience stores that they worked at. Um. And they've never. I don't think they've ever. Yeah. They've never found Cheryl Kinney. I don't know if they found. I don't even think they found her body. Hmm. So then they. Um. But they solved the Trudy one in 1994 because they thought it was this guy and his half brother, Jesse. Yeah. Jesse rush. And I read that he befriended an inmate because he thought he was a, like he thought an inmate was a lawyer. 
I guess he was a lawyer. I don't know, but he was an inmate. <laughs> and he incriminated himself and suggested he was involved in other abductions. Um, and he wrote a bunch of really foul stuff about other women, but he never said that he was involved in that one. He just said that he was connected to, he had abducted other women. Um, and then in uh, 91, I didn't know about this, but in October of 91, there was this guy named Russell Smith that was visiting family in Missouri and he was from Canada and he yeah. saw a missing persons poster for um, Angela and he contacted police said he had seen Angela getting into a truck that matched the description in Canada so the police called the Royal Mount, Mounted Police or whatever they're called in Canada. And they checked hospitals and baby sores because they figured by that point she would have had her baby. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't find anything. And then there was no more information about this guy. But yeah, they, that, they, they, he was a suspect. The Canadian guy? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I thought that was weird because it just seemed like... You know, a simple, I found it strange that they, that you read that so often in the theories about the case that this random Canadian guy thought that he saw her with a baby. It's like, really? I mean, I don't know. Surely it was a case of mistaken identity. I was kind of surprised that that is such a serious, you know, theory. Yeah, I know. I, and that, well, I mean, I guess they were trying so hard that the, they were like, well, this is the last mm-hmm whatever but i guess they i don't it didn't say why they cleared jesse rush but they ended up clearing him from this case but i don't i don't think that they have a whole god good reason but then in 2009 they stated they had new evidence of a dna nature mm-hmm. and they never ever said anything else about it yeah that's curious to me i mean it's kind of it reminds me you know i'm a uh, very intrigued by the Delphi murders case. Yes. Another yeah. small oh, town. Me too. Oh, that kills me because yeah. you don't know how they died either. That really yeah. irritates me. Yeah. And it's another case where the cops seem to be like, t- kind of tease you with the information that they have or don't have. So like them coming out and saying that they have DNA evidence now in 2009. Yeah. You know, that's in like 11 case. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then you never hear anything else about it. It's like, well, what was the point of telling us that? And did it, you know, were there, did it bring any leads? What kind of evidence was it? Where did you get it? You know, was it off the yeah, phone? I mean, how could you have got, I don't understand where they would have gotten in uh, DNA evidence mm-hmm. at all from that. I mean, right. there was, uh, I mean, I could see the phone. I mean, maybe they scraped the phone booth back then. And just at that point they were able to, cause they didn't have the resources then. And now they do. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but, that's a curious question. And another place where I wish they would just be a little more forthcoming with information. Well, I think it would help in this case because, I mean, I know that they don't want to. And I think with the Delphi murders, too, for that matter. I mean, it's been long enough to where I don't really know if giving away some of that evidence would really hurt them anymore. You know, it wouldn't hurt the case because it's been so long. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I guess someone might if, – if they think that they're going to say something and someone's going to run because they found out that the police know something, because that's usually the reason they'll withhold things, I, like, then they must have someone they think it is. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, the other thing I've heard when they hold back information from the public is that, like, once they do catch the person, they need oh, – they, They'll know that information. Yeah, it's like yeah. that'll let them know for sure they've got the right guy, you know. But but at this point, they're – I mean, it doesn't really matter because they're not going to – they're not – you know what I mean? They're not finding anything. Mm-hmm. So it's like what, what does it matter if they have this evidence? I mean – they could hold it's uh, that's 2009. They've had nothing since then. So like this was 1991 that this happened. I mean, at this point, just like let it go and see if we can find someone from it. Yeah. I don't know. But I did. The other thing that I wrote down was that Kansas city is only 76 miles from Clinton. So it's very likely that they could have crossed into like crossed into Kansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kansas City is really close. And another interesting theory, I thought, was that Springfield, Missouri, is oh, not too far it, away. 
Yes, I read that too because of the Springfield, uh, the three women that went. It's the three women that went missing. Yeah. 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 And they've, they've, they haven't found that person either, have they? No, it's like a complete mystery and it's a really baffling case. And uh, I mean, it's not really similar because those three women went missing out of a home. Um, it was like a mom and her daughter and her daughter's yeah, friend. Yeah, after like the party, uh, they yeah. a, the girls were at a party or something like that, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, there's Springfield nearby, Kansas City nearby, and then looking at a map of like where the phone booth was back in the day, it's right on a highway, and if you take that highway south towards Springfield, it leads you to like this huge state park, the Harry Truman State Park, with all these like rivers and lakes, you know, so it's kind of like, there's a lot of ground there to cover in like possible places that she was taken or where her body could be found, et cetera. Well, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of, we were actually doing this podcast this week about uh, people that have disappeared in national parks and how they're like people, I don't think people realize that. Yeah. When you go to a national park, you'll see the trails and stuff like that. But in big ones, there's a lot of, there's a lot of area that's, I mean, miles deep that mm-hmm. you can't, I mean, a lot of times police can't even get, like, can't get in there to search. Yeah. Because of, like, the the area, they can't, they can't move around in it, or there's, like, cliffs and stuff like that, and you just could, there's probably tons of bodies, <laughs> honestly, yeah. that you'll never find. Whew. Another thing I thought was weird about this, you know, kind of going back to the truck, the description of the truck, like, I mean, this is a very rural area. Like we said, it's like a tiny town. And yeah, maybe the dude lived in Kansas City, a more urban space. But still, for that description of that truck to be so distinct and to have gone out, like, I'm assuming, quickly after, you know, this happened, it's like nobody knew the guy that had the truck with the trout jumping out of the lake on the back windshield, you know? Yeah, I always wonder about that because I will, I've thought about, like, I don't always, I'll I'll notice someone has a decal on their car, but I don't always really notice it. Like, I I don't know if I would think about it, honestly, Mm -hmm. if I just, if it was someone that was driving around, I don't know, he could have just been driving across America, honestly, like just doing whatever he wanted. True. But, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's really odd that they would never, no one knew any, but there's no one that knows anyone that had a fish jumping out of water on their truck ever. Like no one. (laughs) I mean, like, it's like, no, like it's all because when they get solved, it's a lot of times somewhat like one person's like, yeah, I recognize this guy's handwriting. Right. Like with that case with the Florida guy, then when he abducted the girls in Florida and he had like a note and they like his like neighbor recognized his handwriting that's yeah. insane. I wouldn't recognize anyone's handwriting, but like you, no one recognizes the, a trout jumping out of water on a truck. Like it's, it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess that goes back to that. I, that it could, I mean, what if it is the boyfriend all this time? And well, they, I mean, they cleared him awful quickly. Honestly. I know true crime. People love to use that Occam's razor, you know, thing like the most yeah. obvious option is probably the truth. And yeah. the thing that stuck with me is like, it is a fact, you know, in domestic violence cases that pregnant women are at high risk from their partners. Um, and the fact that they had not been together for that long, it's like the family didn't really know him that well. Like they'd literally only been dating for five months, you right. know, and, and yeah, it didn't say they were like childhood sweethearts. It said they met. Yeah. And like it, that's, I mean, maybe I'm wrong and maybe they did, they knew each other before, but as far as I've read, they just met each other then. Yeah. So, you know, people can put on a face and be like publicly, you know, like the good guy, the football player, which he was, he was trying to go into the military, you mm-hmm. know, and like have a dark side. We saw the like Shanann Watts case in Colorado where, you know, oh yeah, and was capable of horrific things. Um, well, also, so, if there was a if the, if that's true that there was a rumor going around that this other guy was like the baby daddy. Uh huh. I mean, ooh, that it, I mean that, that could have made that, him that mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I just think it's weird that they and we're led to believe it too because when we like well when I watched the case first on Unsolved Mysteries it was like you they never thought for a second that this or it's shown that he's never thought to have been a suspect or they, they breeze by it. They're like, he was a suspect mm-hmm. for a second and now he's not. 
See, and that, so you're just led to believe that, but it's like, that was also leading me to believe that. Mm-hmm. That's another small town cop thing. I feel like, you know, it's like the all American good guy in town who was the football star on the high, high school team. I can just see a small town police force, like not wanting to look into that guy, you know? Yeah, I know. I, I totally think that Annie was good looking and that, does, I mean, uh, that does make a difference. Yeah. It, I mean, it always does. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of starting to think that it, that it was him now, <laughs> now that I've been talking to you about it. I'm like, it was him. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I mean, who knows, uh, today, apparently he's gone on to get married and have a kid, but I would be curious. I mean, there's two, it, here's the things it's like, she was pregnant. That's automatically like a warning sign to look and at they the partner were only together. Th- yeah. Like th- Three months by the wait. I mean, yeah, yeah. four months or no, wait. They like, had known each other. Two months later, she got pregnant. So, yeah. So it was unexpected. It was very early on in the relationship. Probably like, ruined his, or he thought right? he was going to ruin his plans. Yeah, he had big plans. And then, like, she supposedly stops at this payphone near him and, like, then describes the car in detail, describes the guy in detail who's never seen again. The truck is never seen again. And we have, you know, he gets in the car, races to go find her. His car is found in the middle of the road because it like messes up or whatever. But, you know, that could have been a plant. I don't know. That's a, yeah, he, that's a wild could've... story to concoct on the fly, but stranger. Yeah, things it, it is wild. It, well, that's why the police thought that he was lying at first because they thought it was too convenient. But, mm-hmm. but then they also said these two witnesses saw, saw a truck, but I mean, so, like, maybe they did, and maybe that's why, or maybe she, you know, maybe she did see a creepy truck and was on the, I, I, you know, maybe she was at the payphone and saw a creepy truck, and maybe he came and killed her and just used that as a. Or as maybe a, you know, the creepy truck was some dude that he was working with to, you know, like, be a front. Like, maybe it was a friend of his from somewhere else or his cousin, you know, and like. He was like, hey, go. Well, but then he wouldn't know that she was going to be at the payphone at that time. <laughs> I guess not. But I also think it's I, I'm, yeah, we I'll try to conclude this. But okay. I do think it's weird that I read and I but I only read it in one thing. So, it, I mean, I know that people can get things wrong, but I thought it was very odd that uh, it was an article that was really, really detailed, and it said that they had moved in. They were excited to be pregnant and engaged. They moved into a rental, a rented trailer home, but that's not discussed on any other. So I don't know if they actually moved into this trailer home. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. They they don't give enough background as to like okay so did they meet at his mom's house and get in her car and go to the barbecue so his car was at his his mom's house or because that that's the part that doesn't make sense I'm like why how was his if she had to drop him off after the barbecue mm-hmm. how was his car there if he lived with her in a rental trailer home yeah. I mean, obviously, I guess that's tr- true, but I, I don't know. It doesn't. It's just really odd, and I, I do think that most of the time, the most obvious thing is the is what happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of starting to think that he did do it because it's kind of like he kind of reminds me like it, the way he looks of that Richard Church guy that attacked um attacked his girlfriend and like killed her parents after they broke up. He like came back um, from college. They had broken up, and he like went into her house and killed her parents. And he like chased her out of the house, stabbing her. I'll have you, to look into this one. Yeah, it's it's really really creepy. It's, his name's Richard Church. I can't remember her name, but it's really bad. But he he was like the exact same. He was really good looking. Football. Uh, they had dated in high school, but they had broken up, and he was like yeah. a doing drugs and stuff but i mean we don't know what the deal is with this guy otherwise apparently her family it says that they still remain in contact with him and consider him part of their family so if her family is like no suspicions on this dude then who knows but yeah but that that i mean they've said that about a lot of people I mean, people have said mm-hmm. that about 
I've, well, I've seen a lot of cases where they're like, no way could he do this. And I'm like, no, he did, though. Like, Scott Peterson didn't hurt. Or no, not Scott Peterson, because they didn't like him. But there have been cases where parents, like, liked the guy and didn't want it. I think at it. first, Scott Peterson's, uh, I think Lacey Peterson's parents did think that he couldn't have done this at first. And then the evidence was just. Yeah, once the mistress came out, I think that was when they turned the tide on him. Well, the whole thing, though, the whole reason I don't think it was him, though, is because, like, where it, it he was only, I think he might have been a year older than her, or maybe the same age. Yeah. But where, where is she? Like, where is her body? She's That's not, a good question. Yeah. I mean, she, there's no way she's alive. So I, I just don't see, like, he had, I mean, I don't think he'd ever done anything like this before. Mm-hmm. And where, you know, I don't think he could have planned out such a good burial i guess or you know like dump her body where no one ever finds her yeah because she's definitely not alive although i'm sure people hope she is but maybe she ran off to canada with the guy and the i also think it's weird that she was fighting with the guy in the truck he couldn't have driven that far with with like a grown adult fighting him the whole way yeah so i don't know it seems like one of those cases, unfortunately, we may never, never know. It's been a long time, and it's really? very mysterious. Yeah, it. I hate that, too, because it's like, it seems like it should have been solved immediately. Mm-hmm. But anyway, okay, well, thank you for talking to me. and Thanks uh, for having me. All right, so Ashley, what do you think about the Angela Hammond disappearance? I think she ran away with the guy in the truck and she is living in Canada. You really think that she went like on her own accord? I mean, I mean, that's one theory. I really think that could be a possibility. There's like been so many cases of people who've actually ran away and they've been thought to be kidnapped or harmed in some way. Maybe it really wasn't his baby and she knew it and was like, hey, I got to get the hell out of here. But what about him, the boyfriend seeing her struggling and him kind of like hearing him on the phone on the pay phone and stuff like the the guy that it was all an act it was all an act she but why would he everything. go along with it no the boyfriend didn't know anything about it i know but what i'm oh you think like even her in the car like trying to that you know could what? have been an yes. act i hadn't even thought about that that's a i do not think that that's the case but i think that's a really interesting theory that i don't think anyone has talked about at all ever I mean, that guy in Canada said he's seen her getting out the truck with the baby. That is a huge possibility. Right. Maybe she yeah. ran off with that guy and had the baby under an assumed name. There's been plenty of people who like disappeared and changed their names. It's just odd because it definitely wasn't the boyfriend that she had before the boyfriend, the, the boyfriend that chased her um, because he stuck her. I mean, he was around. There were rumors that it was his child, but he was still around to be interviewed and stuff. So it wouldn't have been him. And it seems like they spent all their time together, her and the new boyfriend. So I don't know when, like, you know, where, where did you find this guy? And why haven't they been able to find the car ever? Because they were in Canada. Yeah, but you would, but you would have seen the, someone would have seen the truck with the, I mean, I guess he could have painted it and gotten rid of the decal and stuff. But yeah, I think personally she's dead. And uh, I know Elizabeth talked about this a lot. I'm not really good with geography. Uh, of any sort <laughs> and, and but she does a lot of that kind she's really good with that kind of stuff and I think that her idea of it being so close to that national park mm-hmm. I think that she was probably murdered shortly after she was abducted and maybe taken to that area because there's so much land land that is not made for trails like we talked about in our disappearance one Mm -hmm. so i mean there's a lot of places that she could be where she'd never be found so i I do think that that she's dead but during that interview it was interesting because i had never thought that the boyfriend could have done it i just never thought that because uh the unsolved mysteries segment he's definitely not a suspect in it so i guess it was just kind of like fed into my brain that he could have never done it but the more I was talking to Elizabeth about it, I was like, oh, my God, he, like, it sounds like he did it. Like, I'm starting to think he did it, you know, especially if there were rumors about this other guy having her baby and all that stuff. Like, 
him getting mad and maybe paying a cousin or something like that to do it. You know, it didn't have to be him. He could have gotten someone to do it for him and then, you know, the secret forever kind of thing. I mean, no one else really seen that truck, but I mean, them two eyewitnesses or whatever. But let's And I don't know if they saw, I, I don't know if they, they, I think they said that they saw a blue truck. I don't know if those witnesses saw the fish decal. I don't, I don't think that ever came no, out. It was just so like it could have just truck. been like a creepy blue truck. And how many are those? Yeah, there's tons of like old blue trucks around, you know, so. Well, I just recently watched the Unsolved Mysteries and I don't remember hearing anything about the witnesses. But I still think, you know, she ran off or her and the boyfriend had gotten into an argument on the payphone or whatever. And he could have just went and killed her and then hit her body somewhere. And yeah, then made yeah. up everything else. Yeah, and like, and like you know, it's it's a lot to it's it would be a lot for him to plant. You know, the the car being dead the way that he said it was in the middle of the road, and like he, uh, you know, got to the he got a ride to the co- uh, to the police station very shortly after all of this. But it could have been done. It would have just you know, I just don't see that as being a something that a first time murderer would have been able to plant all of that with the, to concoct this whole story. But, I mean, it's possible. Maybe his car died on his way back from hiding her body. Anybody ever think about that? Yeah, and then was that's like, true. I mean, oh, my God, let, uh, let me just say this happened. And yeah, that's why my car is stuck out here. And, I mean, he did, he did, but he didn't have a big window because, it, it you know, she did go see her friend. Mm-hmm. So... You know, he didn't have that much time, but I mean, it's possible. It's a very strange case, and, and unfortunately, I think it's one that will will never be solved unless somehow uh, dogs dig up her bones or something like that. Because at this point, or she finally comes forward, and oh, like, or hey. she's alive. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think she is, but you know, fingers crossed, I guess. So, <laughs> I, I, whatever. So, um, as this is the tale of two Angelas. We move on now to the movie Sleepaway Camp, where we have the character Angela Baker. I'm going to let you review this first, Ashley. Do you want to talk about I do want to talk about it, yeah. We <laughs> it? I probably should should read the back. I just feel like everyone has, has had to have seen it, but you know. Well, not really, because I just recently came across the Sleepaway Camps um, really? about two, three years ago. Yeah, oh I my gosh, this is one of on my Amazon. first. But, um, okay, so on the back of of my copy after a terrible boating accident killed her family shy angela baker went to live with her eccentric aunt martha and her cousin ricky by the way ricky swoon had a crush on him when i was younger anyway this summer (laughs) martha decides to send them both to camp arawak a place to enjoy the great outdoors shortly after their arrival a series of bizarre and violent accidents begin to claim the lives of various campers has a dark secret returned from the camp's past, or will an unspeakable horror end the summer season for all? From its grisly makeup effects to the truly shocking and unforgettable climax, Sleepaway Camp is no ordinary slasher film. It's a cult classic. I absolutely love, love, love the movies. I, I do too. I love them. So I'm going to let you review first. Okay, the twist at the end I didn't see that coming. I should have. I don't think any, no, I don't think anyone should have. How could you see that coming? Well, because like, okay, like it, when you was reading it, you said a horrible ac- boating accident, like in the beginning of the movie, basically in the accident, you do see one. Right. Of the- yeah. At the end, you realize that at the beginning, you should have been able to pick up on that, but you're not, it's not, you're watching, you're figuring you're watching a typical slasher. So you're not really paying attention, but once you see the end, it 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 makes sense, but I don't. I yeah, still don't think. I, I still don't think well, anyone would see it coming on that level. Well, because like I just rewatched the movie again, so I could be fresh for this podcast. And if you look at the boating accident and you see which child pops up, then you should know. I mean, but they kind of have the same. They have the same but, complexion and like same color hair. But so. since I've already seen this movie a few times. I was like, oh, duh. Like, yeah, you can tell after you've seen it. But yeah, when you first, first watch it, you're it. not really paying that much attention. You see that a kid's dead. You see that one of the kids lived. You're not really thinking about which one. Right. Um. 
So when it so when, in the next scene when it shows Aunt Martha and she's with Angela and Ricky, you just I mean you're like okay yeah that's the one that lived that's right. what you're thinking. But then but then I'm sitting here thinking like where the crap did Angela come from because that is not either one of the kids' name or remotely close to one of the kids' name. But they don't say their names. Yeah, I think the little girl's name was like Mary or something. I think you hear the boy's name. I don't remember now. I can't think of it now, but. I think it's that you know they that's one of the really awesome things about the movie is that they made that scene in such a way that they were able to get that climax because if it had been done differently you would have really seen it coming yeah yeah but let's talk about how crazy weird the aunt is like what in the world I thought she was a man honestly for a long time turns out she has been to like um a lot of signings and things like that and she is a woman has always been a woman but god those hands her hands are huge and she really shows them off too you know and she's like looking at her finger you know the string on her finger i mean like my god she could play basketball she could palm a basketball with her hand it is absolutely hilarious i'm like something is wrong with her how come she has not had them kids taken away from her she is freaking crazy yeah yeah I think that's where in a lot of slashers you have to just there are things that happen that when you're watching a slasher you just have to be like all right this is this is kind of a plot hole this kind of doesn't make sense but I'm watching a slasher so we're moving on it just kind of reminded me of like a stepper stepper wife wife, yeah. yeah I'm like is she like a robot like what the hell's going on yeah and that's oh dear never really explain I mean yeah right never and Ricky, you know, he, he cusses a lot, but he's pretty normal. How did he, yes. you know, like, and like living that whole life with, I mean, he had to have known, or maybe he didn't. I don't, you know, it's never really explained if he is taking up for her, but you don't know if he's taking up for her because he knows like the real story of her being a guy or if he just is taking up for her because that's his cousin and she's shy. I don't know because like she's like oh Ricky isn't he's never had a girl here like a yeah I've always wanted a girl he's not going to know what to think so I don't know if it has ever really fully been explained to him like it never tells and also another thing is how come he apparently has gone to that camp like every summer and now she's just now going why didn't she ever go before with him I was thinking about that. I really was. And I was thinking maybe because the aunt wasn't ready because they didn't know how Angela was going to act and not slip up and say, hey, I'm really a boy. I mean, she's truly fucked up. So, right. So then I was thinking maybe Ricky does know. And that's why he's always taken up for Angela. Yeah. I mean, it could be. Uh, Another thing about this movie that i really like is that i like the scenes where there aren't deaths too i like them just as much as the ones where there are deaths because they're hilarious like the they're like the softball scene which i've talked about a bunch a bunch when they're like uh you know eat he shouldn't die ricky he shouldn't live bill i or love like, uh, that part. when he tells that when he tells kenny he goes get the bat off your shoulder and kenny goes fuck you like really fast <laughs> And Kenny's whole character, I love Kenny, the long-haired guy that's like, yeah, Angela, why are you so fucked up? <laughs> like he goes up to her and he's like doing the like crazy thing with his hand. And it's, he's, I love him. I wish he had lasted a little longer. But my question is, why wasn't she talking at first? Like she's shy. What, you think that's really yeah. what it was? Because yeah. at first I'm like, maybe she's just crazy because she's happened to live as a girl. And- no, I think she was just, I mean, yeah, she's fucked up in the head from that. But I think on top of that, she's just really shy and has probably been trained to not talk very much. To pray to slip up. Yeah. So I just think she's not comfortable. And this is a, I don't know how I would feel. And I'm like pretty outgoing, but like going to a camp where like you don't know literally anyone there. I, you know, I don't know if I would talk that much at the beginning. I would talk more than that. But I mean, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't talk either, but like. And then, like, the one person that did get her to open up, she kills Paul. Mm-hmm. Like, Paul. Oh. Well, he, then, fa- he's, I mean, he really found her secret. Yeah, like, do you think that's why? Yeah. I, well, I think that by that point, she, she, she had committed 
so many murders and in such like awesome gruesome ways by the like way. the first murder i feel like is a thousand percent justified that little perv creep oh yeah like he deserved yeah well it. i mean and none of the characters you're really that upset like that they died they're all like Judy, they all thank oh my i mean God. i love judy i really do like i love what? her i think i mean not she's a bitch she's awful but she's hilarious and i like meg i mean i think they're they're good characters in the movie i think they're fun to have in there and then you have kenny who's an asshole like the the guy that, with the bees i can't remember his name but he's like way too old to be going to camp <laughs> he looks like he's like 30 um but like they all yeah they all have a reason there are reasons why they get killed and um i know that uh in order to like throw people off they used ricky's hands in a lot of those scenes like the scene where he pushes the chef or she or she pushes the chef into the boiling water. Those are actually Ricky's hands because they wanted to throw people off and not, and they want to make you think Ricky's the killer. So they actually used him in most of those scenes. Um, so you wouldn't think it was her. So, okay. So like I rewatched the movie today so I could be fresh. Okay. So I could be fresh and like, remember every little detail. Cause it's been so long since the last time I've seen it. And then I was sitting here like, I know who the killer is. I know a hundred percent. But is it not Ricky? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a he's a good red herring, and also I just love his character. Um, I've always laughed really hard at all of his, like all the stuff he says when he like just like spouts off all these curse words for no reason, and like that cowboy hat he wears in the party. Um, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> um, and also let's talk about the music because that song at the end of the movie is a bop. I love that song. I, I uh, like, I have it on my computer. I listen to it like on purpose. It's a good song. There's nothing wrong with it. It's okay. I like, you know, soundtracks from movies. Um, not any really horror movies, but yeah. He Knows You're Alone has a great song in it too. Also Slumber Party Massacre 2 and 3 have good songs in it. But anyway, I digress. So, um, what are your, what's, what's your favorite kill in Sleepaway Camp? Or what are your like top two? Um, the kills? I don't know if you really want to say this is a kill, but the boat running them over. You, okay, so, well, beginning. I mean, that is a kill. I mean, it's, I mean it kills It them. was, like, accidental, but I, I do I do like love the that. dummies in that scene where it cuts and it shows the boat flying over, and you can tell it's, like, two dummies right. in, the, in the boat. I love that. I mean, what what do we expect? It's 1983. Yeah. But, um... A lot, I mean, the makeup for that movie and the, the special effects for 1983 and for being a pretty low-budget movie are great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, considering. Um, let's see... I think my favorite, favorite kill, though, would have been the chef or whatever. Him getting that boiling water on him. Oh, they did such a good job with that, Oh, wait a minute. He didn't die, though. Yeah, well, we don't know. We don't well, really know. Yeah, they say, we don't they know if he didn't. Know. Yeah. But the when his, like, they showed, like, they did such a good job with the blisters and stuff. Like, they pop almost. Oh, God, yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, okay, so I think my favorite kills are definitely one of them is the bees. Because I just love that imagery of... All the, like, just, like, thousands of bees just on that guy's head. I just think that's awesome. And then the Judy kill. Unfortunately, I wish that they hadn't, you know, shown shown it more. Like, because they did film it, apparently. But it was oh, way... Oh, really? Yeah, it was way too graphic because, I mean... Yeah. He smother, she's smothering her while sticking a hot curling iron up her vajayjay. So, uh, that, that death is really good. Um, I mean, I, I love Kenny's death too. And especially the next day, I love that actor that's like screaming about mail this, do this, do this. And then he turns over the boat and it's Kenny with like the snit water snake coming out of his mouth. Oh yeah. 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 Um, I liked, I mean, I'm, I'm sad that sh she killed him. Um, Paul. but yeah, I loved like the head when the head just rose off. Yeah, the, I, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm, well, I mean, the humming part—it it was just the decapitated head that I liked. I know, but it's creepy that she's just like humming and like petting his head because she really liked him. And then my thing is, okay, does she really? He cheated on her with Judy. Let's remember that he like Paul. Well, maybe that's Paul's why not she a great him. guy. That's why she killed him. Like, and he called her a prude. 
Yeah. And then he makes, yeah, that was, yeah. Mm-mm. Also, um, I love the whole, um, the cop that's in the scene whenever Kenny gets killed. And apparently the guy that played him, he has a mustache and he had to shave it off for a, another movie. And then they were like, well, we need you to come back and be the, this character again at the end of the movie. And so he didn't have time to grow his mustache back. So you, it, the, I mean, the mustache on that guy, when he comes out, um, when he finds Meg at the end and he comes out, it's like, it looks like felt on his face it's I was so like, hilarious what is wrong? Yeah. i was like what is wrong it's with his mustache it's the, it's the worst fake mustache i've ever seen in my life like it, but it's so hilarious but yeah that's why it's because he had to he didn't they thought they were done with his scenes and then so he had to do another movie he shaved his mustache off and then they were like well we need you to come back to do this and so they were like i guess we'll put this piece of felt on your face and Hope no one notices. I was like, did it look like that at the beginning? Like, I don't no, remember. Looked, he had a good, I mean, he, he, he can have a mustache. Like, he's, he had a good mustache. It was fine. But, yeah. So, do you have anything else you need to say about Sleepaway Camp? Yeah, like, at the end when it's revealed that Angela is really a boy. Like, <laughs> her head is not proportioned with the body at oh, all. Oh, no. Yeah. I was just like, what? And then the face she's making, like, yeah. well, obviously she finally That snapped. kid had to get really drunk. It was a college kid that did the the body. He had to, they had to get him, he had to get really drunk before he filmed the scene because he was, like, super embarrassed. I would be, too. Uh, yeah. You're just going to stand <laughs> here with your dick hanging out, so. But I would have been really embarrassed, too, because, um, um, and you said he was a college kid? Mm-hmm. Oh, dear Lord, I'm so sorry, whoever you are. Well, it was cold outside. <laughs> yeah, that's the excuse. Yeah, well, I mean, it was. It, it Apparently, it was, for the I real. Mean, you could really tell in the movie when it was cold outside because you could see their breath and stuff. And I'm like, it's supposed to be summer. Why is it cold? But anyway. And Ronnie's wearing those shorts that are just. Oh, God. Yes, I would have just. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> the fashion in the 80s for the men. Oh, bless, bless it these shorts and i feel like we're we're going back to that now because my son's shorts are getting shorter and shorter <laughs> and yeah i'm, like, I'm okay with it I, I'm, I'm fine with it so no uh-uh. um i will say that um i ricky the guy that plays ricky jonathan tierston uh he was given the role because uh in his audition the director asked him to cuss him out and that's how he got the role so I mean, he was good at it, I guess. And uh, apparently Jane Krakowski from 30 Rock mm-hmm. um, was originally cast as Judy. Huh. Yeah. I did not know that. So, um, yeah, I'm just there. There's a lot of trivia about this movie that, you know, there's a lot of background information. I think uh, horror fans uh, have heard pretty much all of it. Um, but, you know... Okay, so Felissa was only 13 at the time, and I guess there was not a lot of issue. I, I, I don't know how they got away with that at the time. but because And at the same time, most of the other actors besides Ricky and Paul are, like, old. You can tell, like, they're way too old to be going to camp. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I also, it was hilarious. The movie is absolutely hilarious. Um, but also for an 80s slasher, I'm so happy that like the only nudity is just one kid's butt and then oh that that's poor, a good the, the joke when they play the joke yeah. On the kid, yeah and then like at the end of that poor college kid's penis yes, so that's yes, like that yeah and I'm like especially for 80 slasher because that's like a staple in 80 slashers is you have to see boobs yeah and I'm well, like do you, don't you see uh Meg's when she's taking a shower no okay um also I did I you know I met Felissa Rose once and um it was amazing and I freaked out I was like it was embarrassing but she um she dated the guy that played Ricky on and off for a really long time and we actually called him while I was like meeting her um and we talked about how we hated his frosted tips now because like well at the time he was he got into having frosted tips and we were like what's up with that because I asked her I was like yeah I mean like He's cute and everything, but why did he bleach his tips? And she was like, I know, right? <laughs> oh, 
don't forget to tell him about how you freaked her out about going on and on about the baseball scene or softball or whatever. Well, I was like, oh my God, I I love this movie so much. It's like my favorite. And like, I, I just love the softball scene and like, and she's sitting here like looking at me and I'm like sweating. I look like I just taken a shower. I'm sweating so much. Um, and she was like, I really don't think I've ever met anyone that likes this movie as much as you. And I was like, you're just saying that. But then at the same time, I was like, I'm being a total freak. So uh, like I probably, yeah. Out of everything to talk to her about, you're talking about a baseball scene that, <laughs> that she she's wasn't not even in. in. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I love this movie. I think it's, it's definitely in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. So. Yes. I highly recommend people to watch it. It's a really good. And I guess we did give away the ending, but I doubt you're listening to this if you haven't seen Sleepaway Camp. So. Well, I mean, if you haven't just still watch it anyways, cause it's a good movie. It's amazing. All right. Well, that, ca- that concludes our episode. And this has been The Tale of Two Angelas. The Tale of Two Angelas. Angela Hammond and Angela Baker. So we're signing off. Thanks for listening. Uh, Remember to subscribe on YouTube and uh, rate us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And follow us on Instagram. We're Full Body Frights. Email us at fullbodyfrights at gmail.com with any suggestions or feedback. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Sure.